to hear all of that. If you want to put yourself on mute, that'll be fantastic. We'll have a few quick notices before Jill leads us today. The Onward has been out today digitally and it was out on Friday if I put a paper copy for your door. Tomorrow is house group. Uh, we're still doing Ephesians. What number of Ephesians are we looking at? Can you just put your fingers up there, Fiona? Uh, I was hoping you weren't going to do seven because there's only six chapters, but you know that. Uh, but we are going to do something near the end. Now, let me tell you something special. Wednesday, brilliant time of prayer together. When we meet on a Sunday morning, it can't be so interactive as it used to be. Unless you sort of say, oh, I want to uh, do something and be part of it and, and let me know Saturday or Friday or Thursday or something. It can't be so interactive because of the way it happens. But midweek meetings are brilliant for interactivity. If, is that a word? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's brilliant for interactivity. So tomorrow, if you want to join in and actually talk and not just listen and pretend you're watching the television, come along from the comfort of your own home. It's going to be brilliant. 8.15 Zoom. It's our house group. Be there or miss out. That'll be the way to think about it. OK, so I want to really encourage you, come to the midweek meetings. We can pray for each other. That's what happened on Wednesday. It was brilliant. We had a good time just sharing and praying. I really enjoyed it. And I think a lot of us did. Easter Sunday, four weeks away just now. Uh, it's going to be different to normal, mainly because we're going to be having different Zoom links because we want people in the community to be able to come along if they want to. I'm going to all these Zoom links are already on the website. Uh, we're going to have 500 of these leaflets uh, in A, uh, A5, uh, mainly to give out to the home lane uh, end of the new houses, the ones that are going up, the, one, the ones with Roman emperors. So we're going to have 500 leaflets mainly for that area. Uh, if you want to help me put them out, that'd be brilliant. But the important thing is if you use the normal Zoom, you won't think anyone's there because we won't be using it. It's going to be different. So members of the community can use it instead. Something I forgot to say I'd written down in pen. This was the most important, really. A lot of you will know Robert and Angela Webb and Megan, Angela's sister. She had a fall about six o'clock this morning as she was going to the bathroom. And Robert's rung me up about it. She's got uh, something bad with her head, a cut or something. And she's in A&E at the moment. So I said to Angela and Robert that we'd be praying for Megan this morning. So uh, so let's just do that. And if you want to pray for Megan, they come on a Sunday night and other things during the week as well. So, yeah, thank you, Lord, that you are with the people uh, like Megan that sort of hears about you. And uh, we want to, Lord, to really know you. Lord, even in this nasty, horrible situation, Will you come close to her and to Robert and Angela and the rest of the family as well? Help them, Lord, to put their trust in you even more. And Lord, will you give them peace at this uh, time when they're worried? Amen. So, yeah, please remember them. Last thing is, hopefully we're coming back together to meet physically fortnightly from the 18th of April. You'll need to book in, but I'll tell you more about that over the coming weeks. Very last thing, breakout rooms at the very end. Thank you, Jill. Thank you. Um, right. Well, we'll start our service. Um, we have already prayed, but um, uh, yeah, let's just pray. God, thank you for this beautiful sunshine, which has just shone into our room here, which is lovely. 
God, thank you that you are raining, just like the sun is shining all the time. And God, sometimes we can see you and feel you, and sometimes we can't. But God, that doesn't mean to say that you are not actively at work all the time. Lord, I pray that you will help us to be actively at work all the time for you as well. Enable us this morning to receive from you, to hear from you and to understand uh, what it is that you want to be saying to us. I pray that you'll give us open ears and open hearts so that we can receive everything that you have for us. Amen. Amen. We're going to start by singing Great is Thy Faithfulness. Um, but um, and as we sing that, I, I just wanted to uh, share with you um, a little saying that um, came to me via um, a mission worship um, speaker uh, last November. Um, and it stayed with me. Um, and I thought I'll, I'll share that with you this morning for this morning's service. And he basically just said the right thing is always the right thing. Um, and you can uh, take from that whatever you want. But basically, you know, when when we are wondering what to do, we basically have to do the right thing because the right thing is always the right thing. doesn't matter what the circumstances, doesn't matter what else is going on. The right thing is always the right thing. Let me just float that one past you and let that furkle in your brains and let God do with it whatever he wants. He's been, you know, keep bringing it back to me. But if it's just for me, then that's great. But, you know, I thought I'll share that with you this morning. Um, and as we sing Great is Thy Faithfulness, um, we remember how faithful God is. We should also, I think, remember how faithful we should be. We are called to be faithful too, doing the right thing. So let's uh, let's sing this and remember that God is faithful, but that we are going to be faithful too. Great is, great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not, as thou hast been. Morning by morning, new mercies. 
these verses encompass one of the biggest tensions and difficulties for the Christian church pretty well since the beginning of Christianity. The problem isn't quite so much today, but it still keeps coming backwards and forwards and raising up and raising down. It was very, very prevalent for the early church fathers, for the Reformation, and all the way through. We're talking, of course, about the tension, the difference between the sovereignty of God and the free will of man. And traditionally, people have tended to fall into one or two camps. Those who stress the sovereignty of God and those who look at the responsibilities of the free will of man. Uh, one group tend to be called Calvinists after Jeremy Calvin. The other group tend to be called Arminius after Arminius. I think today, one of the reasons that we have got larger got over this is in fact due to science. Because we have had to accept that time is not linear. That God actually can be in not only two places at once, but in two times at once. Uh, that time is part of space. And so to see that God knows the beginning from the end of time is not quite as strong in a statement. What we're really saying is that God is in both the beginning, the middle and the end. And our generation, thanks largely to physics, uh, finds this much, more, much easier to accept. But let's look at that in these verses here. It comes out in this idea of prayer. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of God may speed ahead and be honoured as happened amongst you, that we may be delivered from the wicked and evil men, for not all men have faith. And if you just read those verses in that simple context without taking them into any other context, it rather sounds like prayer is very important, which it is, but if we don't pray for each other, then God's will will not be done. And this has certainly been a theology that's been taught erroneously by many people. What it does point out is that prayer is important. And it points out that we need prayer, and it points out that we need to pray for one another. But we must go on and read the next verse, which gives the balance. The next verse, verse 3, says, But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. There's a slight reference to the Lord's Prayer there. If you just took this verse, verse 3 on its own, but the Lord is faithful, he will establish you and guard you against the evil one, you may say, why do I need to pray at all? Because the Lord will establish us. The Lord will uh, guide us. The Lord will keep us from evil. So we're in his hands. He has, everything is predestined. There's nothing to do. We just get on with life. So you can see the tension between those two verses. One Pray for us so that, that the Lord may speed ahead, and the other one, but the Lord is faithful, he will establish you. And of course, the answer is both. The answer is our little tiny human minds have difficulty understanding that God is in two times at once. And that God, God is asking us to pray. God is needing us to some extent. I don't want to push that too hard to pray, but he, he, he's commanding us to pray. 
and telling us to pray. And it seems to be that our prayers do help at the Lord's speed ahead. But on the other hand, the Lord is already ahead and he is faithful and he will establish us. So we come back to the simple statement that our Christian faith is a relationship. And in that relationship, we talk to each other, we help each other, we encourage each other, and we believe in each other. And it's the same with our Christian faith. God is calling us to a relationship in which we pray for one another with effect. Our prayers are important, but we can trust in the fact that God is overall and protecting us. Now, this next verse, verse 4, um, I'm going to open a little bit as well in just one or two minutes. And we have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are going to do the will, and you are going to do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Right, it's this word, command. Um, this is one of those wonderful English words that doesn't quite carry the meaning of the Greek, but it's still the best word we have. So if you look in most of the translations, it will say command. And this has been really abused many times, certainly with the idea of what was around a little while ago of heavy shepherding, where um, the church leaders commanded people and they did as they were told. And if we read this simply, might contain that sort of uh, picture that you should do as your church leaders command you. Let's look at the word itself. The word is comes from two Greek words, para, which has lots of meanings but really means associated with, and the interesting word angelo, which means messenger. It just means messenger. So what the Greek word command here, it's giving the impression of somebody with authority who's passing on the message from somebody with greater authority. It's not giving the picture of the commander making up his mind and telling you what you should do. The commander here is receiving a message from a higher source and passing it on to you. So, we obey our church leaders, we obey our teachers, not because they are lording over to us, but because they are passing on to us that which God has passed on to them. Now, we may say, but surely I could find this by myself. Well, if you had all knowledge, yes, you probably could. If you had the best Greek in the world, yes, you probably could. If you had all the gifts of the Spirit, yes, you probably could. But you don't. The Bible shows us clearly this picture of the body of Christ in which we need one another, each one, to carry out our own roles. And in that, one of the roles is leadership. And what the leaders are asked to do is to pass on to you what God has passed on to them so that the command, if you like, is not coming from the leaders but from the authority of the message that they have, the Greek word paraangelo. So we should take that word seriously because we should take the teaching that Christ gives us seriously. So two points in this first part. Firstly, there is a balance between the sovereignty of God, both in his answering of our prayers and the will of man, both in our need to pray for one another. But God is in both 
that we accept this in relationship. And lastly, we should listen to those that God has sent to lead us and guide us, not because from themselves do they teach. They pass on the message that God has given them. No one else 
So the second part of the, these closing chapters. I'll read from verse, I'll start reading from verse 6. Now we command you, brothers, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So remember the idea of command. The authority here is given by our Lord Jesus Christ. That you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you receive from us. Those are quite strong words. Consequently, this, these following passages are, are known in many political manifestos. These are really critical statements. I point out here that they are quoted by Lenin and by the right. So I'm not making a political point here. Both sides have latched onto this one. But the statement to us is that we should keep away from those who are idle. Now, this is obviously written in, in the context of the first century, not today's context. Uh, but it, it's slightly warning that, of course, there are idle people then and there are idle people now. Uh, as Christians, we should make a stand against idleness. The next part looks at the behaviour and our attitude towards those who are Christian ministers, those who professionally bring the word of God and the Christian faith to us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labour we worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. There tends to be a little influence today that Christian ministers or leaders who don't live entirely off their churches are sort of uh, not quite real ministers. In fact, the scripture here is the other way round. It's those who are able to and to provide for themselves who we should be the most grateful to. Not that Christian ministers don't have a right to ask for uh, financial support and salary. Verse 9 says, it was not because we do not have that right, but to give you of ourselves in order to set an example. So, people who work are able to work and support themselves as well as leading a church or leading the gospel are in good fellowship here. Should we say, this is how Paul did it. There were times when he took support from the church, we know that. But here he is holding himself up in this different community. Remember, he's in a more gentler community now. And we know from Acts that he was a tent maker and that he found uh, other Christians who were tent makers and went and worked with them for the support to support himself. For even when we were with you, we would not give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. That's what Lenin actually said. So it does say willing to work. Anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. So we're looking at willingness and we're looking at those people who perhaps willingly avoid work or willingly do as little as they can uh, to get away with what you know what I'm saying. Here it is in scripture that we should make a stand against that, even if it causes a bit of a, an upset. For we hear that among you, 
Some walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Well, if they were among Paul, I'm sure they are among us. Now, such persons we command, so we're back, remember this word command, he's passing on God's authority, and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. As for you, brothers, do not grow weary of doing good. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him, that he may be ashamed. So sometimes we have this sort of rather soft Christian approach to things. We mustn't upset anybody and we mustn't do anything that would cause any difficulties to anybody. But here we're actually told to shame those who do not follow this command. And then this next verse, which of course puts the balance on these things. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. So we are commanded to warn others as brothers who are living or working in idleness, or uh, today we might say milking the system. Warn them, not as an enemy, but warn him as a brother, that he may be ashamed. So we are to call this out, and we are to point it out. So we now come to the last part, which is the benediction, Paul's closing statements. It's interesting that in this last passage we looked at both the temporal, if you like, the political side of, of life and the spiritual side of life. Paul's answer to both for giving him this benediction. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way, and the Lord be with you all. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. This is the sign of my genuineness in every letter. That I write, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. The answer to our political struggles, the answer to our spiritual struggles, the answer to our economic struggles is to bring the grace of God and the teaching of God into our lives. Something which we might meditate upon today is to whether we will be welcome. I'm just going to close with an observation that when COVID came along, a number of celebrities and outspoken people said on the internet, maybe we should consider that COVID is nature's way of telling us that we're not doing things quite correctly, or worse to that effect. The idea of it being nature's way was quite acceptable. What happens? as Christians stand up and say no, maybe it's God's way of showing us that we're not doing things in quite the way that we ought. Uh, the outcry, I can imagine the outcry now is God sent COVID, is this God's judgment and so it would go but let's just take the thought uh, maybe the economic difficulties we're seeing the tensions we're seeing, that the horrendous things that we're seeing all over the world, and you can pick almost any country at the moment. Maybe this is God's way of telling us, is if you want the world without me, this is what it's going to look like. 
Thank you very much, Nick. Um, yeah, let, let's just pray. God, I thank you for your word that um, is able to um, penetrate our hearts and make a difference to our lives if we obey you and follow you, our Lord Jesus Christ. God, thank you for what Nick has brought to us today. And I pray that you will speak to each of us the words that you want us to hear. God, thank you that you have um, put leaders over us and that you speak to them and that they are our messengers. And I do pray uh, that we will um, hear what they have to say. Lord, I also pray that you will speak to us directly and help us to hear what you say directly. Lord, thank you that you are not a God who is quiet. You are not a God who hides away. And that when we turn to you, God, you give and give and give and give. And Lord, thank you that we are we live in such a privileged time of being able to hear your word and receive your word and live by your word. So, Lord, we pray that you will do what you want with what we've heard this morning. God, change our lives, make us more like you, make us change into to do whatever you want us to do. God, we want to be the putty in your hands so that our lives mean something for you. Amen. Amen. We are going to come to a time of communion um, very shortly. So if you uh, don't have your um, uh, juice or um, wine or, or bread or biscuit or whatever it is that you are using as your elements this morning, uh, let me just give this as a warning that that is coming up very soon. First, we're gonna uh, pray, uh, play a song that we can um, use as a time of reflection before communion. Let me just share a couple of um, Bible verses uh, with you as we come to this time. So first one, 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So there's an if and a and a and a but there <laughs> if we walk in the light as he is in the light then his sacrifice for us means that he purifies us from all our sin so we do have responsibility and then 1 peter 3:18 for christ also suffered once for sins the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to god yay <laughs> It's my response to that. <laughs> he could, it was only him who could do it. This is what we're celebrating in communion, that he did that for us. We were the sinful people. We are still. But, you know, he suffered for our sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. Yay! And then let's uh, read Matthew 26, 26 to 28. While they were eating... Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Obviously that's what we're going to do in a few minutes. 
So let's have this time of contemplation while we um, listen and sing along if you if you would like. That's absolutely fine. Um, to how deep the Father's love for us.
Father, as we share the elements that you asked us to share, to remember what you did for us in giving your son, Lord, we ask that you will help us to give our lives completely back to you as you sent your son and gave his life for us. Amen. While they were eating, Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you, Lord, that you have done it all. You have paid the price. You have done what was necessary to forgive our sins and restore us completely in relationship to yourself. Lord, we thank you as we remember what you have done for us and pray that you will keep reminding us what we need to do for you. Amen. Let's sing about God's wonderful grace and wonderful love, which was obviously shown on the cross and which we see in so many ways day by day um, I'm sure we all have testimonies of how amazing God has been to us. And yeah, let's pray for more testimonies that we can share and encourage one another and encourage each other in our faith and in our doing the right thing, in our living the right way for him.
wonderful grace that gives what I don't deserve, pays me what Christ has earned, then lets me go free. Wonderful grace that gives me the time to change, washes away the stains that once covered me. And all that I have, I lay at the feet of the wonderful Saviour who loves me. Oh, I 
Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the many gifts that you shower us with, including the gift of life. Thank you for the hope you give us. Your word in Hebrews 6 says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure, so that whilst we are in this world like little boats, when we feel tossed about by the waves, our hope can be anew, solid and strong. Lord, you are our provider. During this period of time, many of us believers are experiencing lethargy and loneliness in mood. Come, refresh us, make known to us that you give strength to the weary and increase the power of the weak. That those who hope in you, Lord, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Dear Lord, we commit the body of Christ who meets at NCF to you today. Cause us to walk according to your will, to be obedient to your instructions, and to constantly be aware of your presence. Calling to you in faith day and night. May all of us choose to read and study your word regularly, pray to you as much as we can, and fellowship together, whether in the flesh or virtually. Lord Jesus, just as you prayed to your Father that they, the disciples, be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, let us all, at all times be united in Christ, fully connected. We ask this and receive it in faith, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, that so many of our brothers and sisters' prayers are being answered by you during this pandemic. Thank you for the vaccines that have been, had so far been administered, and in, and in anticipation, those that are yet to be given. We continue to ask for restoration of normal life in our society, and in particular, restoration of church life. May we resume meeting together, face to face, in the flesh, very soon. Lord, we want to praise you from the rafters and make the good news message of Jesus Christ known to all in the world. Show us how we may do this. Your word in Proverbs says, have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being snared. Lord, enable us to trust wholeheartedly in you these days. Amen. Amen. We pray for this next week, Lord, as the children and young people return back to school. May this go smoothly, Lord, and may you help the teachers and classroom assistants continue to pre prepare for this. Lord, we know that many young people want to go back to school and continue normal daily life. Grant them their hope and desire, and we pray that the schools will not lock down again. Please continue to give wisdom to our government and leaders how we may return back to normality safely. 
Please be with those of us who are suffering psychologically as well as physically during this time. May nobody suffer in silence. Allow us as believers to not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make our request to you, Lord. For we know that our requests, our requests to you, for we know that your peace which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you for hearing our prayers, Lord. Amen. 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 Brilliant. Thank you very much, Alex. We're nearly at the end of our service then, so we're just going to finish with another song on the video. Uh, join in. Thank you, everybody, again for coming, and uh, hopefully you can stay a bit to uh, chat to folks at the end. But let's, con let's go out on a, uh, an enthusiastic praise. Yay. You are sovereign, and yet you're so amazing.
that you allow us to take part in seeing your will done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, that is amazing. Thank you so much for the love and the joy and the power you give to us so that we can carry out your work. Help us, Lord, this week to worship you in many ways with all our strength, raising the rafters as we've heard already. Lord, help us to really enjoy your presence and to share it with others too. We are so grateful that you've met with us today and we've learned to worship together. Amen. Amen. <laughs>